This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Brought to us by our friends at By the Yard, patio furniture down near Jordan, Minnesota. We're very happy that they are our proud sponsor. Good stuff. Indeed. Good CC. Speaking of good stuff, Julie Weisenhorn hey, is hey. with us from the University of Minnesota <laughs> Extension. Uh, happy Easter to yeah, you. Yeah, happy Easter to you too. See, Colleen is with you. No, Pauline. Pauline. What did I say? I was <laughs> That's thinking my mom. there's somebody else that is yeah. a rep here at CCO yep. I was thinking about for some yep, reason. She's here. Hello, Pauline. Sorry about that. I just changed I just changed your name. It's good to see you. That's mom. That's yeah, your mom. That's my yeah. mom. Yeah. Yeah. And the, your folks are visiting for Easter. They are. They're down for Easter and we're going to be having uh, a house full and Carl's... Uh, Cooking hams on the grill. Hams. And we'll be there. All uh, right. Just joking. We're, Come on over. Be there. But, uh, <laughs> that's great. It's great to have family and friends around, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's fun. And feeding faces. Yeah, boy, it's just like, what are we going to It's all about the food. <laughs> Very good. It shows how important it is. Well, you, you had a little cameo earlier. I did. I've never the, done that before. Five wine, years, I've never had a cameo. <laughs> during the wine chat. but uh, And we've already got a, a lot of uh, text messages. Yes. If you have a lawn or garden question for Julie... Uh, now is your chance. You know how busy we get. Rolling in. Yep. And callers <laughs> are already calling in at 651-989-9226. If you want to send a text like a lot of other folks are doing, 81807. Uh, lots of greening up out there. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And there are a lot of lawn uh, texts already. People kind of got on there quickly. So I think there's one that I want to address sure. because they actually sent it twice. So I know that they're concerned about it. Uh, wondering if it's okay to still th- dethatch their lawns. Okay. Um, dethatching is best done actually in August and September, mm. and the reason is is I, I I would imagine is is because the the plants are quite small right now, and when you go in and you dethatch, um, most of the time we dethatch quote unquote by raking our lawns. Right. So you're raking up the dead grass from last year, but if you go in with a dethatcher, uh, which is a mechanical vertical mower. It's more aggressive. Uh, it's more aggressive and it can actually pull the plants out. And these plants are pretty small. It's quite wet out as we know right yeah, now. Yeah. And the soil is uh, still thawing out and everything. So um, so actually dethatching, the official professionally done dethatching is best done in the fall. Uh, and then, but right now you can be raking, but right, you know, with the wet soil, you want to be careful this time of year and not not be too aggressive because you can actually pull your grass plants, the healthy grass plants, out. And so, uh, and definitely watch about, be careful about walking on your grass now after we've had all this rain and yeah. we have more. And you don't want to compact that soil down. So uh, it might be best to wait till next weekend to do a little bit of that because who wants to be out raking in the rain anyway? So. Well, speaking of that, and you and I chatted about this earlier, uh, about uh, using a pre-emergent. Yes. And I'm looking at the forecast, and off and on, we're going to have some showers. So this might yeah, be a good week, huh? this might be a good week to do that. Yeah. Yeah, be sure to read the label of any chemical or any fertilizer you apply. More is not necessarily better. And so uh, apply it properly and uh, and then uh, follow all the label instructions and store it properly as well. We recommend locking that stuff up so kids can't get into good it. Good point. Uh, 651-989-9226. If you want to call in your lawn or garden question, Sue in Mankato is first up. Good morning, Sue. Morning. Morning. Thanks for taking 
for taking my call. Mm-hmm. You bet. Um, two questions. First, I have a, a oh, an Austrian pine that's, well, it's been in our yard for 10 years, so it's probably 15 years old or so, but we have... We've had some uh, woodpeckers and that have been circling around the tree pecking. Okay. And now I see a fungus. Okay. And the tree is turning lighter color from the top down. Yeah, there may be, and seems to be a, probably an issue with that tree. The woodpeckers are feasting yep. on insects, and uh, and then that they often are part of the problem. And then if you're starting to see some kind of yellowing or pale, you know, paling of the foliage, yep. that can be an issue too. I'd recommend if, if you're uh, so inclined, I would recommend contacting an arborist, a certified arborist, take a look at that tree. Uh, we think maybe we should take it out. Yep, and that's a possibility as well. So there yep. are a lot of tree services that have certified arborists on their staff who can help you out too. Good deal. All right. Thank you, Sue, Great. for the call. Uh, Marilyn is calling from oh, Minneapolis. Go ahead, Marilyn. Oh, good morning. Morning. Good morning. Um, say last um, spring, I planted some zinnia plants yes. from seed, and I um, left them um, uh, just the way they were all fall, you know. And I didn't um, cut them down or pull them out. Right. And so I see that there's little um, little balls on there where the where the flowers were. So I pulled some of them off and um, pulled it apart, and there's little seeds on there. Can I transplant those seeds? You can try to. Uh, that would be uh, that'd be a possibility. They may not be viable. In other words, they may not be living uh, because they've been they've been outside all winter. And zinnias are annual flowers, and they tend to die. You know, they don't make it through our winters. You can always try. I would recommend uh, trying just a, a few of them in a in a pot, maybe, uh-huh. and putting them in a nice sunny window and see if they bloom. I'm I'm going to guess they probably won't. Okay. Yeah, you might want to buy some fresh seeds. All right. Thank you. You bet. Very good. Thank you for the call. And uh, we have an open line if you want to use it, 651-989-9226. I think Sue from Mankato also had an asparagus question. And so, Sue, you can call in again if you like. Otherwise, you can go to our extension site and go to the asparagus publication. There's a lot of great information about asparagus there. So that's at extension.umn.edu. You can click on the garden tab and go to vegetables, and you'll find them alphabetized there. And we'll be mentioning that website, as we always you like bet. to do throughout Absolutely. the hour. Can you grab a text before we take a quick break? Sure. I have moss growing at the base of my linden tree. Should I be concerned? Uh, moss indicates compacted soil. It also is obviously uh, indicates that there's a, um, uh, a lot of moisture right there. It, it's not. It, it's common, especially on older trees, to see some moss. It's usually not a problem. Okay. I tell you what, let's take a break here. We've got callers to to help out and more texters as well. Our phone number is 651-989-9226. Text 81807. We've made it up to 62 already. Still some light rain falling. We expect more of the same throughout the day today. And expected high 67, 68 or so for Easter tomorrow. A mix of sun and clouds and highs around 63. Should be a nice day, but breezy. 62 now here on 830 WCCO. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on 830 WCCO. Danny Long here with Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. And let's give that website once again, right, for those joining us a little late. (laughs) I feel like 
singing rainy days and Mondays. But <laughs> go <laughs> it's ahead. So no, no, that's all right. Uh, at you any get rate, paid uh, the same. yeah, the, the website <laughs> is extension.umn.edu. Click on the garden tab and go to yard and garden. And I want to point out for all of you because there's a yeah. ton of lawn questions, and I I hope we get to as many as we can. But if you have a lawn question, Sam Bauer, our turf grass guru, and his uh, grad student Jonas Ra- uh, Jonah Ray has worked on rewriting our lawn care section, and it is great. He has addressed a lot of the questions and timing and things. We also have an excellent calendar on that site that points out the, the first and the second best times to do things. So ah. somebody asked about aerating their lawn on the text message. Said, yeah. What about aerating? Is that okay? And actually, aeration is best done in the fall. And I, I'm sorry to tell you that. But, yeah. but the reason for it is right now, if you aerate, you open up a whole bunch of weed seeds that could sprout and really cause some problems this year. So hold off on aerating and, uh, and go ahead and, and wait until fall. Okay. And, and then those seeds aren't going to, they aren't going to have time to germinate. And again, this is the, that Sam is working on. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's being worked on now. It's, the, it's actually up there online. It is already yep, yep. to go. It's, there's a lot of great rewrites that he's done. I'm really impressed by it. So, so way it to out. go, Sam. Good deal. All right, we'll remind you of that. Too. We'll get him back on the show one of these days. Yeah, too. well, he's been a busy guy. He has. All right, let's uh, see if we can help out uh, some folks. Uh, Ron is first up here on the phone. Go ahead, Ron. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Julia, I've got um, uh, Norwegian's small evergreen tree and okay. it's in its third year and it's only about three three and a half feet tall and that much around and i usually with my evergreens i usually use the uh, mure acid fertilizer sure. and but last year um a certain place told me to use these spikes and they're kind of big and and i just don't quite get it um i are those any good, and how many would I use for a smaller tree like that? Well, fertilizing evergreens is is a great thing. It's great that you're doing it. Um, have you ever had a soil test done, Ron? Yeah. Okay. And it and did you identify it for trees and shrubs when you had it done? Well, you know what? I should look at it again. Actually, I had it done at the university like 20 great. years ago. Okay. You probably should have another one done maybe. Okay. All right. <laughs> that would be good. Um, that's a great thing for anybody to do right now if they're wondering sure. about fertilizing. But but we have a publication on fertilizing evergreens. I'm looking at it right now. And um, and those, are, those stakes are a kind of a slow-release fertilizer. In other words, right. they'll slowly dissolve. So they're constantly feeding the evergreen throughout the season. Right. And that's the reason for them. And they are kind of big. You have to pound them in. They have a, come with a little plastic cap, and you pound them in with like a mallet. Right. And, uh, and, it's, and it describes on the packaging how far away from the stem you should go. So well, that's a, and when I looked, I see I did it last year, and when I looked at it, it, it basically said you only, for this size, you only use one because the spikes are kind of big. Sure. And just, that just doesn't seem like a very even distribution of the fertilizer. Or, well, well, that fertilizer will it will it'll absorb into the roots, and the roots go into the you know all the way through the tree. So uh, it should actually be appropriate. You don't want to over fertilize it because you can burn the roots. Oh, okay. You can probably generate, and it's excessive fertilizer, and, and you really don't need to. So it's always great to follow the packaging uh, and uh, apply it as it says, even though it seems like wow, boy, that's not the best uh, you know location or whatever. Or amount, but uh, follow the instructions on it. So you're doing the right thing. Good deal. 
651-989-9226. Let's see who is next. Uh, Walter in Minnetonka. Walter, you're on with Julie. Yes. Uh, I have called about this in the past. I have moss growing in my yard. I've, I've aerated, uh, and it is spreading like crazy. Is there a herbicide that I can use? Uh, I am actually going to refer to our website here, Walter. Let me take a look here. And um, Moss has also got a, um, I'm looking here. Uh, There's also a, a, there's something about, I'm not sure if it's also the nitrogen. I'm a little bit fuzzy on the Moss. I apologize for that. Um, But uh, if you've you've aerated and uh, fertilized that area, it could be also that the um, the grass species that you're using is not suited to that environment, and that moss is filling in where the grass species won't grow. So you may want to look for a grass species that's uh, more of a shade tolerant species, and try and try that and see if you can get that good and you know thick. And when you put down that seed, make sure that you rough up the soil a little bit rake out any dead stuff, dig out that, scrape up that moss if you can, and then make sure you have a good seed-to-soil contact. That's the important part about when you seed. So you want to have that, uh, you know, so you've got that seed in contact with the soil, and that's going to help with that. You can also do a spray-type seeding. I think it's a hydro seed, they call it, which adds some fertilizer to that and then some carrier as well, which will help to mask out or keep out some of the the moss maybe from coming back. So you could try a couple things. If you have questions, if you want to send a photograph in, you can send that to Ask Extension, which is on our Extension website. That site is extension.umn.edu. Click on the Garden tab and go to Yard and Garden. If you go to the bottom of the page and go to Ask Extension, you can email in some photos, and we can maybe help address that a little more specifically. It helps to see the environment that the moss is growing in. Sure. All right, let's go to Larry in Shorewood. Uh, I knew we were going to get this, and so did you. Hi, Larry. Good morning. Good morning. How can we help you? I uh, just caught the tail end of uh, a piece three weeks ago, I think, regarding Creeping Charlie and the use of Trimeca, I believe it is. Triclopyr? Pardon me? Was it Triclopyr? No, I, I think... I think it was Trimeca is what they said. Okay, that's probably Trimec. the brand. Trimec. Trimec, yeah. Whatever, I guess I'm looking for that. What, what they were indicating, I think, is that when it comes into bloom, in other words, that would be the, the best time to hit it the first time. Oh, uh, you can, yes, you can treat it now and, uh, and spray it with the combination of chemicals that we recommend. These are the active ingredients. So there's multiple brands of, of that uh, type of weed control, and it's a combination of glyphosate and triclopyr. Those two okay. are the they're the active ingredients. When you read the back label, that's what you're looking for is that combination. Okay, glyphosate and triclopyr. Gly, glyphosate with a G starts with a G. Oh, okay. It's the active it. ingredient in the Roundup brand, and uh, right. also triclopyr. Okay. So those two and things. Can I get start on that right away? And then. Yep you want to you want to actually spray that when it's uh, or treat it when it's actively growing. Okay. So fall is then, a great time or or spring also. Okay. And then a week later again. Is uh, what follow the instructions on the package. That's the most important okay. thing. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Yeah. You bet, Larry. All right. Thanks very much. Our Creeping Charlie call. Yeah. 
We had Bob from, uh, he hung up from Mounds View. Also, he got had the a creepy Charlie. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six or text 8180. I know we have a ton of text, Julie. Maybe we can pick up a couple of those. Oh, uh, a couple of people break. have asked about dog spots. Oh, yeah. So dog spots are tricky because we all love our dogs. Um, and it's the, uh, it's the urea, that strong, the strong um, you know, component of, nitri- of their urine that actually burns the grass. And it, it, there's not really anything you can do short of just digging up that area and reseeding it. Uh, people have tried feeding their dogs. These are researchers. They've tried feeding their dogs different foods. They've tried uh, applying lime to grass. They've tried different thing to do except follow the dog. You could try to train the dog to go in a certain area. That's always a great idea, a mulched area perhaps. And then, uh, or people say, well, can I follow the dog around with water and can I water it in? Yes, you can do that, but that's not very practical. So you just have to kind of live with it. It's just an, it's just a, a, a kind of an effect of having a pet. Yep. Okay. We have another half hour of the show to go. Ooh, yeah. You're going to stay with us? Yes, I will. Okay, good. All right. Uh, Julie Weisenor is with us from the U of M. Now, if you uh, have a lawn or garden question, you know there are two ways to get it to us. By phone, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. In the Twin Cities, 62 degrees. Hang on. Another half hour straight ahead of the Smart Garden Show on 830-WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Garden Lawn and Garden Show. We call it Smart Garden. It is brought to us every week by our friends at By the Yard Patio Furniture. We thank them for that. We'll talk about that great furniture coming up in a moment. Julie Weisenhorn's back with us in studio. And as you can see, Julie, a ton of phone Oof, calls duh. and a lot yeah. of even more text wow. messages. So should we get to it? Yeah, I wanted to mention a, a little bit more about that moss oh, problem, yeah. too. Um, I, we do have a publication. Actually, it's a great article written by Beth Berlin, who's from our, our Stearns County office. She's a local extension educator. And moss uh, oftentimes is related to acidic soil, and moss will not... So a soil test would be good. And moss will also not grow where you have a vigorous lawn. So if you have a very thin lawn, the moss is – and it's shaded, it's cool, it's compacted, it's damp, then you're going to start seeing the moss. Uh, spraying it is okay, but you really need to correct the problem first. So yeah. take a look again at Sam's new publications. All of you who have lawn questions, take a look at the website. It's great stuff. And the website is? Extension.umn.edu. Excellent. Click on the garden tab and go to the yard and garden. A lot of good information there. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Ken is calling from Chippewa Falls. So go ahead, Ken. Julie's listening. Yes. Thank you very much for taking my call. Say, I was down uh, in Dallas, Texas, visiting family here about a week ago. And anyway, they have knockout rose bushes in the front of their house on yes. the lawn. Nice. Really nice. Pretty ones. They're red. I'm wondering, I live in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, which is 90 miles east of Minneapolis. Right. And I grow them there. Okay. Yo, can you grow them there? Oh, I thought you yes. said I grow can them I there. Can I grow them in Chippewa yes, Falls? Yes, actually, actually, some of them, they are available, uh, and uh, you can find them in local garden centers. Um, I'm not sure they're, they're a type of shrub rose, and I'm not sure they may need a little winter protection. Okay. Uh, but, but, yes, you can buy them here and grow them. Okay, thank you. You bet. Very good, yeah. I thought he said that, too. I, yeah. He, I thought he was just telling was us about it. I was going to say, awesome. Way to go. But <laughs> great. Good. Yeah, that's a great rose. All right, let's see who's next. Mary is calling from New Hope. Go ahead, Mary. Hi. Uh, Morning. I have hydrangeas, and they're called Pinky Winky. Yes. And they have beautiful blooms, and they start out white, and then they turn pink yep. as the summer goes on. Mm-hmm. 
But now all those blooms stay on there all winter, and they look really nice with the snow and everything, but I'm supposed to cut those off before the new ones come? Yes, you can cut those down to, uh, you want to look on the branch for a nice, uh, good-sized bud, Uh and just bring, just cut it down to just above that bud, and that bud will then emerge and, and, uh, and form the leaves and also the flower buds for this year. Okay, thank you. You Mary. Thank you. Mary leaves that line open at 651-989-9226. Joyce in Stillwater is on with Julie. Hi, Joyce. Yes. Morning. Uh, Julie, I have a big lawn problem with molds all around the yard. What products, what would you suggest? It's a large area, and I don't know how to get rid of them. Oh, boy. And you've seen, you've got, you've definitely identified them as moles. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, Well, moles are, unfortunately, the best way to get rid of them is to trap them. And uh, and not a live live trap either. So um, there are mole um, traps that you push into the ground, you set them, and they kill the moles. So um, that's the the best way. And then once you've gotten rid of them, then it's to create a a healthy lawn so that they're, um, they're seeking the the animals or the the insects that are in the lawn. So you may have some grub issues and you want to correct that as well. And that will take away the food source. Yeah, Yeah. it's not a pretty picture, I know, but that's really um, the only way. If you have a huge infestation, and in many cases it is. I can't remember how many could be in your yard. It could be a lot. You can try some other uh, uh, products as well. You can try MoMA. I was just talking about MoMA. Yeah, that's right. You could try that if you want to try that first, but really the... Certainly, uh, removing the animal. If they're is, uh, established already, yeah, you have to. Uh, yeah, and yeah. and you may also want to look at talk to your neighbors too, because if they've got moles, then they may come over to your yard too, or that's right. you know, travel around. So I don't. Thank you, Joyce. Moles are not a good. Yeah, that's hard. I don't know if Bob in Lakeville has the same problem. Bob, what's going on there in your yard? Yes. Good morning. Good morning. I've, I've had a lawn service for the last two years, and two years ago the backyard was looking good. Last year it didn't really flourish well, and after the snow cover melted, I've got what it looks like black measles all over the yard. It's small little eruptive type of uh, about the size of a half dollar, like something has come up through there, and there's a round mounds of little dirt all over the place. And I'm just wondering if that's some kind of strange night crawler or what that could be. Uh, it could be. Uh, are they pretty round holes? Pretty much, yes. And then it, it's kind of an eruption. So it's like you have a little mini anthill, like about the size of a silver dollar in, in circumference or in diameter. And they're sprinkled all over the yard. And I was just thinking maybe that's why it didn't flourish last year in spite of having a lawn service. Well, I wonder if my first my first thought is is it squirrels that are digging up nuts or or seeds that are in the ground? Okay. Uh, they're they're real active right now, and if they're kind of these random little circles, um, they they get in there and they dig up. Uh, do you have are there any nut trees around or seeding trees? No, primarily just uh, ash trees and a lilac hedge. Okay. Um, hmm. That might be a good one to send a photo to us on Ask Extension. Okay. And have us take a look at that. So if you could take a couple of pictures when it's not raining, you know, sure. when it dries yeah. out for a moment, and then uh, send those over to us. What did your lawn service say? Um, I was almost going to cancel it this year. Okay. <laughs> I had them come out last year and uh, to see what was going on because the these little uh, mold or little 
dirt hills weren't there last year. It was just after the snow melted. So I've had no one out to really examine it. We do have a publication on our wildlife page uh, on our garden site called What's Digging in My Yard? Okay. And it's descriptions of digging. Unfortunately, we don't have photos on it. That's one of my to-do lists this year. But that would be, you could take a look at that and see if that identifies it. It could be something like, uh, it could be uh, different different kinds of squirrels. It could be uh, What about voles? voles Did they do that? Voles. Well, voles, I think, feed more on, um, they feed more on the, the, the branches and and uh, stems of woody plants. I don't think they feed in, I don't think they tunnel in the ground. Oh, okay. But you could check that. Sure. Uh, I'm not the expert on the wildlife necessarily, but send a photo, take a look at that publication, then send us a photo on Ask Extension. I will. That'd be great. Great. Thanks for your help. Thank All right, you. Bob. Thanks. Thanks for the call. 651-989-9226. The text number is 81807. We have a whole bunch of those. Okay. Uh, oh, here's a, this is a great question for this time of year. Four years ago, my forsythia bloomed full and beautifully when young. I prune it down to one-third every year just after bloom. Since that first year, only about one-quarter of the plant blooms. It is in full sun. What can I do to get these blossoms back? Uh, I think you're probably approaching it in the right way. Maybe not prune it every year. Let it grow uh, and let those um, uh, branches get a little bit larger and uh, see if that helps. That would be my recommendation. The other thing is to also consider that it maybe needs uh, kind of an all-purpose fertilizer. That uh, And I would look for one for blooming shrubs, for spring blooming shrubs. Okay. We still have some time for more okay. before a break. Uh, we, let's see. We've got uh, what air cleaner plants can I have in my apartment? I don't get much sunlight. Boy, that's one. I don't know off the top of my head, but there are plants. I think a ficus tree is one. That's a quite a large tree, though. Uh, so I would that would be one to take a look at in um, on the on the web. We don't have a publication on that, but um, there certainly are other extension uh, university extension sites that have information. Maybe that would help. So okay. also some uh, you could talk to one of your local greenhouses as well that has ornamental indoor plants. Okay. Uh, I have hostas and daylilies planted around my house. There is black plastic. Ooh, so sorry about that. Under the mulch, is this restricting the plants from spreading? I would guess yes. Black plastic is a, that's an old uh, practice that uh, we used to do in landscaping, and it is not a good thing to have under any kind of mulch, rock or otherwise. Uh, we use landscape fabric now under rock mulch, and that is permeable. It allows water to get down and air also into the soil and to the plant roots. Uh, but black plastic is just a barrier to that. So, boy, what I would do, and I don't know if this is within your uh, abilities, but I would take that mulch off and I'd take that black plastic off, and I bet you would see your plants flourish like crazy. Uh, if you're using a wood mulch, just apply the wood mulch directly to the soil. It'll break down and add some carbon and other organic matter to your soil. If you're using rock mulch, again, put down a good landscape fabric and apply it then. Okay, very good. Tell you what, Julie, we'll pick up on some other text messages if you'd like to call in your question, 651-989-9226. Again, text number, and we'll pick up on those after the break, too, 81807. 62 light rain still falling in the Twin Cities. Our sponsor by the Yard Patio Furniture says... For a lot of folks, time to start thinking about opening up the cabin. Maybe you've done so uh, already. Cabin owners, who are very lucky, can agree it's a fun time, but does require, in some cases, a lot of work. Well, by the yard, maintenance-free outdoor furniture can really take some of the work out of opening up that uh, that lake home. 
this furniture is not only great here in the city, anywhere in the anywhere in the world for that matter, but on your deck it works, patio, dock, boat, even if it falls into the water, it's low, but it will even float. It's made out of recycled plastic milk chugs, but it's very substantial furniture. You buy it once, you'll never have to replace it. It is truly a family-run CCO land company we've told you about for so many years, probably close to 20 years now. And I urge you, make it easy on yourself. Invest in that maintenance-free outdoor furniture from By the Yard. They've got a gorgeous showroom right down 169. In Jordan, you can call and ask for a free uh, color catalog to be mailed to you. I'll give you a website, too. Here's the phone number, 952-492-2777 or toll-free 877-220-0448. If it's easier for you to go online and get that catalog, then do so. Lots of great ideas there. Just go online to buytheyard.net. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show brought to us every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour by our friends at By the Art. Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota is back with us helping us out. And like Julie says, <laughs> we have so many text yeah, messages. Yeah, so many questions Well, here. I'll tell you what. Well, we're looking for more, and we have them. Let's go to Carol, who's calling All from right. Cologne with a question. Uh, hi, Carol. You're on CCO. Hi. Uh, thank you for taking my call. You mm-hmm. bet. I have a question about our garden. We have, I don't know if it's grubs or what, they're eating the the vegetable part of the vegetable, like the potatoes and the carrots and the beets, but the top part of it is there. So when we pick the vegetable, we have nothing but a shell left on top. So I'm wondering what, I don't know what it is and what we can do. Yeah, that's a so. If I understand correctly, the part of the crop that's in, like a root crop is being eaten, and you're left with just the top of the crop. Correct. Okay, uh, boy, that's. Uh, I would say that you have you rotated your crops lately. Do you yes, move, we do. We're, you move we them around. Okay, them every year. Okay, um, I wonder if it's. It sounds to me like it's certainly some kind of a grub or a worm or a borer. And uh, and if you can possibly uh, maybe watch that, you could not plant those this year, maybe, or plant them in containers and, and alternate mm-hmm. with some different kinds of vegetables. Maybe not put root crops in that area, and okay. uh, and then so basically you're taking away their food their food source. Or um, you could probably um, try planting. Um, uh, try find, figuring out if you can see, like in the soil, if you can see the insect, if you can dig around in there uh, and see if you can identify that insect. Or when you do dig up one of those plants and you find it's been eaten, maybe send that uh, send a picture of that to us on Ask Extension. It might be easier to tell by looking at it. You may not have the problem this year. Um, we cross our fingers. and. Um, yeah, hopefully. And also I would recommend maybe amending your soil with uh, some good, uh, like a leaf mulch or a compost that will add some lightness to the soil. That, okay. That might be helpful and will also introduce some beneficial microbes from those de- uh, degrading uh, plant parts. So that would be, that might be a good idea too, to kind of improve the soil. And All improve right, the we will try. Yeah, be sure to send us a photo if, if you have a, if you find that happening again. Okay. Very good. 
651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Rick is calling from uh, Forest Lake with a question. Morning, Rick. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Sam, I'm <clears throat> a bit of a novice with these plants. Uh, we have orchids. Oh, wow. Nice. And so uh, a couple of plants um, in particular have a lot of these what I call air roots. Yes. Are they beneficial? Do I... I've never trimmed them off, but do they take energy from the plant, or what's your advice about the air roots? The air roots should just be left alone. Okay. Um, The air roots come from the fact that orchids are called epiphytes, and they grow, um, they usually will grow on another tree. They're not parasitic, but they they grow and they take their nutrients and moisture from the, the plant that they're on, as well as from the air. So from rain and as well as humidity. So those air roots are important to collecting that. In our home environments, mm-hmm. they're usually pretty dry. Mm-hmm. But if you move your orchid outside into mm-hmm. a kind of a shady area for the summer, that those you'll see those air roots kind of firm up and they'll actually start taking in, you know, from our summer rains as well as from humidity as well. So you can just leave oh. them alone. Oh, okay. They're important to the plant. So is that... <clears throat> Put them outside in the summer is is uh, certainly okay. Then they can tolerate yes. fluctuations and temperature. And yes, the the one thing is to not put them into the sun. Is put them into yeah. a shady spot. So, like a, if you have a tree area or yeah. if you have a shaded part of a, of your deck or patio, that would be great. Oh, they'll okay. burn in the sun. The leaves oh, will burn. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I You're welcome. It. All right, very good, Rick. Thank you for the call. Good luck with that. And let's see, Chuck in Minneapolis is next on the phone. Go ahead, Chuck. Yes, um, I just bought a repossessed house, and the lawn's in poor shape. And I know you should wait till the end of August, first part of September, to recede. Any suggestions on how I could uh, improve the lawn if I reseeded it or did some work now or whenever you recommend? Oh boy, that's Thanks. a yeah, that's a long question, Chuck. Um, I think that I don't know if we have time to go into too much detail, but I would first say take a look at the lawn page on our extension site. And there's a lot of great information on renovation and rejuvenation of your lawn. And that sounds to me like the area you need to be in. And uh, take a look at that. And then if you have questions, you can certainly follow up on Ask Extension with questions. Or you can also reach a master gardener at uh, the Yard and Garden line or in your extension, at your extension office in your county. Um, and you can always uh, uh, call back into the show and uh, also reach some of our turf guys as well. So uh, take a look at those publications and read through those. And uh, then if you have more questions, be sure to give mm-hmm. us a holler. Let's do, before we run out of time, let's mention that website again. Sure. It's extension.umn.edu. Click on the Garden tab and go to Yard and Garden, and there's lists of categories of publications. So in the case of Chuck, you'd want to go to the lawn section and take a look at the renovation part of that. Okay. Teresa is calling from Champlin with a question for Julie. Go ahead, Teresa. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Say I uh, uh, I grow collard greens, and uh, last year I moved out to Champlin and I I planted a bunch of them, and I had these little green worms eating them up like you would not believe. I mean, they look beautiful one day, you go out there the next day, and they're full full of holes, and the underside of the leaves have these little green worms. Right. Any suggestions? Well, they have had this problem before. Yeah, they're a type of larvae uh, that is a, some kind of a feeder, 
And I'm not sure what they are without being able to see what they are. Probably have to ask my extension buddies or my entomologist what they are. But um, they're um, – I'm not sure what, what to do except for you could try covering the plants somewhat with, uh, say, a um, uh, oh, like a floating row cover, for example, that would uh, help to prevent that. Usually those insects are only in that, that – uh, that, uh, they're only larvae for a short time. And then they're gone. So it might be just a couple of weeks that you would need to keep that row cover on. And that might be an idea. If you see them again this year, um, then I would say pick, pick some of them off or take a photo of them and send mm-hmm. them into Ask Extension. We can see if we can ID them. But they're only there for a short time, but they do do a lot of damage. They might be sawflies. I don't know if they would be uh, feeding on there. Um, but that's the best way to, for us to figure out what to, how to help you out. We have about 60 seconds to go, Julie, and oh, I know somebody sent a text that you wanted a kind of final thought. Uh, yeah, somebody was asking about uh, the concern of all of these chemicals that we're spraying on our lawns and things. Here's what I have to say about that is I would say uh, if you're using a chemical, if you're using any kind of, even if it's an organic, if it's a low impact, be sure to read the packaging, follow the instructions, be sure that you're identifying the problem correctly first and you're choosing the right product for that. Second of all, there are lots of things we can do in our yards that will uh, eliminate the need or at least significantly reduce any need for any kind of chemical to control it. So it has to do with best practices. And uh, I would say take a look at our extension site, read our yard and garden news blog that has a lot of good information in it. Oftentimes there's something that happens and we just it's just a matter of gardening. And so you really there's nothing to do about it. You just uh, work with it. So um, I would say work, you know, take a look at the extension site, read the Yard and Garden News, and then be sure to get in touch with us. But there's lots of things we can do instead of spraying things. Happy Easter to hey, you guys. Happy Easter to you too. You too, Pauline. Thanks very much. You've got your mom here, your dad, and lots of friends. Uh, we'll be back again next week with more Lana Garden Talk. Don't forget, get those home and garden, uh, home and garden, home improvement questions ready next hour here on CCO. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.